0: You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. Stephen Simcox here with you. Uh, This is Thursday, January 7th, talking some TCU athletics on the pod. Appreciate you being with me. And in today's show, I want to grade these position groups. I want to grade each position group for TCU football. Uh, I actually started that around the new year's holiday um and then just didn't get back to it this week because had some things come up we talked with matt on monday that chandler and morris news came down and dominated a lot of the conversation so i want to get back into that combo i'm going to run down all these position groups and grade them but did want to pass along this note to you uh and wish it could be more positive but ccu ladies fell on wednesday night the uh, women's basketball team fell at oklahoma state 78 to 53. Now, Oklahoma State's a good team. They're 8 and 2. They've beaten a couple of ranked teams. They were undefeated in Big 12 play coming into this game. But TC Women's basketball now falls to 0 and 4 in conference play. And I'm starting to worry here about how many games this team can win. I, I just, it's been a very sharp fall. Now, the schedule's been tough. I mean, you played Baylor, Oklahoma State. Iowa State, three of the best teams in the league. And then you got Tech, which I think is a team that's more middle of the pack to bottom of the league, but you played them on the road in Lubbock. And that was a very competitive game. They were in that game. Got off to a hot start, but then allowed the Red Raiders to come back. Probably should have won. Just couldn't close it out. But now you're sitting at 0-4 in conference play. And, uh, I I mean, the biggest issue with this team is they just can't score. Tonight, only 30 points from your starters. That's just not acceptable. Um, Yummy Morris two of seven, Michelle Berry, two and nine. Lauren Heard two of twelve. Another tough night for Lauren. She only had six points. Asia Holmes came off the bench and had 14, so that's nice. Um she was four of ten for three. That's encouraging, but they're really struggling to get quality looks. They're struggling to have good possessions and scores. So they'll continue to to go along here. And I think there's enough talent with this group to uh to make some noise later on in conference play, but it's not coming together right now. And they fall again, still winless in conference play. And it it just stinks because, I mean, they were a tournament team last year. And I know they lost a lot of production off that group, but you felt like maybe they could build off that. And it has not come together yet for TC Women's Basketball, but hope that they can turn things around. And we'll definitely continue to monitor them and support them as they go through the rest of the season but let's talk some tcu football uh we're sort of wrapping up the season and i want to grade each position group and i started this last friday by grading the quarterbacks uh and if you missed that i gave the quarterbacks a b minus in my uh my rationale for that was this i thought max duggan was too inconsistent but overall he had a good season um i docked them a little bit because i mean let's be honest The depth got a lot better with Chandler Morris coming to town, but this quarterback room behind Max Duggan the past couple years has been a mess, and this year was the same thing. Matthew Downing, I mean, nothing against him, but he probably shouldn't be your number two quarterback. When he came in the game, uh, he he just really struggled to make things happen. The K-State game, he came in because Max was banged up, and the offense uh, really fell apart. Matthew Downing threw a pick six, and... Max was thrown back out there even though I don't think he was 100% healthy. So that that lack of depth was an issue and I think that came up at times throughout the season. So I gave the quarterbacks uh, a B-. minus. Now let's move on to the running backs and I'm going to give the running backs an A and I really don't have a lot of a lot of uh, criticism. Now they fumble the ball too much. That's about the only thing I can say about this running back group. But a lot of that is because it's young guys trying to make plays, trying to get extra yards. So I'm not going to fault them too much for uh, for giving up the ball because you're trying to get two or three extra yards. There's some awareness that has to be learned there. I'm saying, okay, I got four or five yards in this carry. I just need to go down. I don't need to keep pushing the pile. Um, and, and lose the football. And Some of those fumbles in that Oklahoma State game, and they were questionable calls, because it little like forward progress had been stopped. The official just needed to blow the whistle and say, hey, this play's over, but they didn't, and that allowed the, the Cowboys to stand the running backs up and uh, strip the football. But I digress. That's really the only issue I had with this team. On the positive note, this running back group was super deep. I mean, Zach Evans looks like a star. Uh, Darum Barlow is a starting running back on most teams in the Big 12, and he started a lot of the year for, uh, for TCU. Uh, Kendra Miller's a good a good running back. Um, Amari DiMercato is a good running back. He's your fourth-string running back. I mean, they are just really, really deep at that position, and I think um, that, that's a special special group to watch grow up together. The only other criticism I really have for these running backs, and it has nothing to do with them, It's just simply, I thought the coaching staff uh, never really decided until late in the year, the last couple games, that Zach Evans was their guy. And I know part of that was that he was still learning the uh, the offense because he missed some time in the spring and in the fall with uh, COVID protocols. But Zach Evans was the dude. And once they finally settled on him, things really took off. They couldn't settle on one player. Early in the season, it was Kendra Miller. He was the guy that was making things happen. He was the hero of that Texas game. And then later on in the year, it seemed like Darwin Barlow sort of supplanted him as the regular starter. And finally, by the end of the season, you saw, okay, Zach Evans is a five-star player. He's the most talented running back on this roster. They need to find a way to get him the ball, and they did that. But if you clean those things up, if the guys that are on the ball can hold on to the ball, and if TCU makes a commitment, which I think they will, I think going into this next season – Barring something unforeseen happening, Zach Evans is going to be your starting running back, and he's going to be the guy that gets the majority of the carries all throughout the year. If you get all that cleaned up and you make Zach your starter, then the is really the limit with this group. And I gave him an A. So, as I said, there's not a lot to improve. Uh, they look like a, a really, really good team uh, together, those four guys. And I think they're only going to grow together and get better. Um there's no shortage of blue chip running backs on this roster. And is football changing? Is that position maybe less important than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago? Yes. But it's still good to have somebody that you can hand the ball to and know you're going to get five or six yards of carry. And that's a pretty rare thing in college football. And TCU can firmly say that they have those players uh, with the group that they have there at that position. We'll continue this conversation on the other side of the break. But first,. I want to talk about uh, betonline.ag. If you're really into sports, which I assume you are because you're listening to this podcast, why don't you try betonline.ag? They are your online sports books experts. They have lines. They have all the uh, information you need for the biggest games in the NFL, for the biggest games in college football, national championship game coming up. Maybe you're trying to win some money. Why don't you try out betonline.ag? And if you're thinking to yourself, I'm not really a gambler. I don't want to wager on things. Well, just, just take my advice here. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On. Get a 50% welcome bonus. Just get that 50% welcome bonus and use it. Maybe bet on a game here or there. See if you can make some money. I think the experts at betonline.ag will make you a believer quickly. You can also get your sports news there. It's your one-stop shop for all things sports. Again, that's betonline.ag. Back on Locked on Horn Frogs, and in today's episode, we're grading uh, the different position groups for TCU football from this past season. I gave the running backs an A. I gave the quarterbacks a minus. B-. Let's talk now about the offensive line. And I gave this offensive line a C. Now, if if I was grading this offensive line after the K-State game or after the West Virginia game, I might have given them an F. I I mean, there were times this season – were this those five guys it was just brutal it was hard to watch and they went through some injuries Wes Harris went down who early in the year was actually their most steady guy their best uh, their best lineman Andrew Coker had uh, some issues he was banged up and the the player that really turned this all around in my mind for the O-line was TJ Stormont and I've said this I think that he is the most impactful or he will be the most impactful. If he decides to come back and use that extra year of eligibility that everyone's getting because of the pandemic and he doesn't try to go to the NFL or just move on with his life, then that's going to be huge because he stabilized this offensive line. Like once he got inserted the lineup and they uh, kicked Estevano Avila to the outside at that other tackle spot, this TCU O-line got a lot better. And, that's a huge thing moving forward for 2021 and beyond. Uh, now, they still have to recruit better at that position. They have to develop better at that position because I, I, 2017, that O-line was really good. And 2014 and 2015, up front, they were a very solid team. But since then, it's, it's been the most inconsistent position group on this roster. And once they stabilized and got better and allowed Max Simon to throw the football and sort of established themselves as a smash-mouth team that was going to run the ball downhill at you, this team got a lot better. So I'll give the O-line a C because the play was so bad early on, but they finished really strong. And maybe Garrett Hayes gets an opportunity, four-star recruit, one of the top 100 players uh, in the nation in that 2020 class. Would love to see him get on the field next year. And if you have Hayes and Stormont and Avila, that's three good players. And, and that's the makings of a really solid offensive line. Now to the wide receivers. I'm going to give these wide outs a B. Uh, now, a, a lot of my issues with the wide receivers, I, it's really hard for me to properly evaluate the TCU wide receivers. Because... I never felt like the offense got to a place where I understood exactly what they were trying to do with those wide outs. And Hey, the the deficiencies in the passing game, that definitely falls on the wide receivers. And, and that's why I'm docking them a little bit because you got to get open. Like you, you got to find a way to give your quarterback a chance to make throws when it's, When it's third and seven, and a team decides to play man-to-man against you, I mean, that's simple football. That's about your wideouts running good routes with good concepts, finding the the place where they can get open and making a catch, making a tough catch. That's what those plays are about. And those are are game-swinging plays, you know, big third-down conversions, things of that nature. So there were too many drops. Uh, there were too many times where they just couldn't make plays. But Tay Barber was very steady, had a good season. Quentin Johnson is an absolute monster. He, is, he might go down as the best player in, the, in this cycle when it's all said and done. Zach Evans is, is fantastic. But Q has a chance to be something special. And I hope he puts it all together. And I hope they give him the ball. Now, outside of that, and not a ton of depth there. Pro Wells, you know, he's tight end, wide receiver, kind of moved around, never really worked. I think Savion Williams could be really good, but we never got to—I mean, we never really got to see him. We never got really got to see him this year. So I'll give the receivers a B, but I, I think there's some room. There's room for some growth there. And if Quentin Johnston continues to develop, man, he's something else. That's a player. That's a football player. That's somebody you can start building your offense around if, if he continues to mature and become the guy that we think he's going to be. All right, let's move on to the defense, and we'll handle most of the defense in the next segment, but I did want to get uh, the defensive line out of the way here in segment number two. D-line, I'll give the D-line a, a B-minus. And here's why I say that. Um, This D-line, again, sort of like the offensive line, was inconsistent early in the year. There wasn't much of a pass rush. But the group that closed the season with Earl Bacchett and Kyrie Coleman and O'Shawn Mathis, that was a pretty salty group. Now, did they make their hay against teams like Baylor, Texas Tech, Kansas, Teams that aren't really known for being great up front. Yeah, they did. But they also had a really good game against Oklahoma State. Uh, Coleman is is your next great edge rusher. I mean, he's special. O'Shawn oh, Mathis, I thought, had a really solid season. And he, he started getting to the quarterback. He actually ended the year as one of the Big 12 leaders in the sacks, which is not something I would have expected just watching the games. But he quietly, kind of steadily got better and better and they got some pressure from the inside as well this deal on another group that improved and, and was sort of part of the mark uh, of the end of the year that was hey this tcu team's going to finish six and four they're going to finish with a winning record in conference play and, and so much of it had to do with the fact that they could get after the quarterback and that's the key no matter what the league is what the, what level of football you're playing You have to be able to pressure the quarterback, make him uncomfortable, get him off his spot to play good defense. And the defensive line started to do that as the year went on. One more segment coming your way. We'll grade the rest of the defense. We'll do that next. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Rock Auto. Now, listen, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't know much about cars, but that's one of the reasons I love Rock Auto because today there's so many makes and models and you might be like me you might need a part or need something done with your car and just say man i'm totally overwhelmed here i don't know what direction to go go to rockauto.com they're actually a family business and they've been selling auto parts to customers online for 20 years they have everything you need they have all the latest brands all the latest models so you can go there you can compare prices you can find okay what do i think is best for me it's used by professionals. It's used by do-it-yourselfers. You could buy a part, take it down to the mechanic. They'll, they'll take care of it. Rockauto.com. When, when you go to that website, there's a little section there that says, how'd you hear about us? When you see that, click on Locked On so they know that we sent you. Again, it's rockauto.com. Reliably low prices. Everything your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Final segment here on Locked on Horn Frog. Steven Simcox here with you. Closing out the week. It's Thursday. Got one more show tomorrow. And I'm grading different position groups with TCU football. Uh, if you'd like to subscribe, if you like what you're hearing today and, and want to hear more, hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever it is that you like to listen. Now, you know, today's episode is uh, football heavy. Obviously, a lot of the episodes in the fall have been, and we'll hit the football offseason hard, but we also talk TCU basketball. I'll be uh, previewing the weekend for the men and women tomorrow, and as we get closer to the season, not sure exactly what the season's going to look like yet, but whatever they play, whoever they play, I will definitely be covering TCU baseball as well. This is your one-stop shop, the only daily podcast devoted solely to TCU Athletics, Locked on Horned Frogs. I'd appreciate if you'd subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. We were talking about the defense in the last segment and starting to grade those position groups. We started on the defensive line, and I'm going to actually move uh, to the outside, and I'm going to give the corners on this TCU team an A-. Uh, The secondary, I think, held up really well, especially when you start to look at everything that happened, all the adversity that this group went through. Noah, Noah Daniels was your number one corner going into the season. Looked like he was on his way to having a great year. He gets injured. Is out for the season. Uh, Keon Stewart, your number two corner, was looking like he was on his way to having a really good season. He gets injured. He misses the rest of the year. Trey Tomlinson, all of a sudden, who was sort of your third guy, nickel package player, he has to come in and be your number one corner. And guess what? He thrived. He, he turns out to be an All-American uh, by some publications. C.J. Caesar has to step into that other side and make things happen. You know what? C.J. Struggled at first, but he got better as the year went on. And I was really proud with how he finished the season. And it speaks to the coaching job that Coach Gonzalez did. It speaks to the coaching job that Gary Patterson does, that those players had to step in in a tough spot, had the confidence to execute, took their lumps, got better as the season went on, and turned in to really good cornerbacks. And next season, man, Daniels coming back, Stewart coming back, Tomlinson, and you got Caesar there for depth as well. This is going to be a salty group of defensive backs that TCU has, and I'm excited to watch it. I give those corners an A-. There were too many breakdowns early in the season, but once they got in their rhythm, they were about as good as you'll see anywhere in the nation. Specifically, our guy, Trey Tomlinson from the 254, originally from Waco, Texas, played at Midway. He turned in to that lockdown corner that TCU always seems to have. Sticking in sort of that outside middle position in the defense, let's grade the linebackers next. And I'm going to give the linebackers an A. Now, sometimes. Our LBs would get lost in, uh, in run support. There were times that their gap discipline wasn't always the best. But I'll go to war with Garrett Wallow any day. <laughs> He's a special player. He was so fun to watch over his TCU career. He had another great season. He was in the middle of every tackle. D. Winters is is a stud. Sideline to sideline, that dude can absolutely Fly. He made huge plays. He brought the wood every single week. <clears throat> I think this linebacking core deserves an A. I think they were as consistent as you can be. They weren't always flashy. There were times that you sort of forgot about them. But they played great football all season long. D Winters is going to be a great player in the next few years. I'm not sure who slides into that other role. Maybe it's Wyatt Harris. But I'm not really worried about who Gary puts at linebacker because it seems like whoever he puts there, they do a great job. They just do. I mean, they're going to get 100 tackles. They're going to play good, disciplined football. It just always feels like they end up being uh, a great addition, another great piece in this TCU defense. And finally, let's talk about the safeties. And you know what? With these safeties, um, I'm going to give them a B. And the thing about this this uh, grade is, If these safeties didn't have sky-high expectations, they might have ended up with an A. I just feel like Trey Merrigan and Darius Washington, as good as they've been the past couple years, they weren't always the game wreckers that I thought they were going to be on the field. And maybe that sounds unfair, but I think these are two day-one draft picks. So I don't think it's unfair to expect those guys to play amazing games week in and week out. And, And Trey had a really good season. I think our Darius struggled and it wasn't his best year but still they were really solid they did exactly what you wanted uh from from a tcu perspective as far as they were good in run support they could cover they were athletic they could run with tight ends they made a lot of plays so i'll give them a b and a lot of that again is it's almost like i'm grading on a much steeper curve with them just because i felt like hey they are the uh, the bet they were expected to be the bedrock of this defense going into the season and while they were good they weren't always great and i just i wanted them to be great i, I really felt like they, they could have been better even though they had fantastic seasons so that's your uh, position grades for tcu football let me know what you think about it you can find me on twitter my personal account is at simcock steven the account for the show is at locked on tcu locked on horn frogs is part of the locked on podcast network Your team every day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Again, this is Locked on Horn Frogs.